Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight is going to be the, mo uh, the most interesting night of all time. Maybe. We'll see. It's a possibility. But anyways, the reason I say that is because we have a guest on for the first time in three weeks. It's a very beloved guest here at Talk Junkies, one of the uh, OG3 guests here on the show. But uh, anyways, he's got a lot of important information to share tonight f with Talk Junkies, and honestly, just the whole country, and, and specifically the state that we live in, Missouri, as well. A lot of things are in play right now, and a lot of things are in action. A lot of freedoms are up for grabs. There's no other better person to talk to about that than Pat from Truth Money Freedom. How you doing, my man? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, I, I need to know, how do I become OG1? <laughs> you know, I, I'm an overachiever. I'm very competitive. I mean, you guys just throw me a bone here. Well, you're, uh, you're, you're a part of the OG3, like you, Mike Anderson, and then Dan Cox would be like the, okay, our gotcha. OG3. Okay, well, no, actually, no I'm specific in good company, order. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me back. And I've brought my... Uh, my partner in crime here, uh, Caleb, who worked the SEPA legislation for the state of Missouri Second Amendment Preservation Act. I, I figure probably the very best thing to do starting out this video, because a lot of your listeners may not know what happened with SEPA in the state of Missouri. So is it okay if we talk about that for a few minutes, where, what happened, where we're at, and then uh, we can go on to the Missouri Liberty Alliance? 100%. Also, we got Johnny, Jesse in the house as well. Caleb, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right, man. Welcome to Talk Junkies, man. We look forward to have a, a nice chat with you and, and very pleased to have you on, man. Okay. So once again, thanks for having us back uh, to update all the viewers who are not familiar with the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Missouri did get that passed with teeth. So actually, honest to God, we don't, Missouri law enforcement, honest to God, does not recognize federal firearms laws anymore. We now are working on our own laws. And that, there was an emergency clause put in the bill to make it legal the instant it was signed by the governor. So we carried that live on the Truth, Money, and Freedom podcast. Um, so where we're at right now is, number one, we have our own laws in the state of Missouri. Number two, Missouri law enforcement cannot enforce any federal gun laws whatsoever. If they do, they face a very, very stiff penalty, a fine, $50,000 per person per incident. And because of this, uh, basically, the, uh, the federal government has been threatening to uh, take away our funding, our federal funding for law enforcement in the state of Missouri, which was unconstitutional to begin with. So that's basically where we're at. Now, why we're different, why we're special right here, <clears throat> pardon me, in the state of Missouri, is we were the only state that actually got SAPA through with ramifications for law enforcement that follow federal laws. We have something um, that is so different that we're the template, we're the poster child for a bad state now as far as the federal government's concerned. We're bad boys. Why? Because we actually kept the teeth in our bill. How did that happen? That was grassroots support. Without the grassroots support, we never would have gotten this done. All the states wanted it. They couldn't get it. They didn't have enough grassroots support. So that's that's why, and, and, and by the way, I'll let Caleb um, talk a little bit, but that's why we started the Missouri Liberty Alliance. So uh, Caleb, would you like to add any more about SEPA and getting it through? Well, I was going to say it was interesting the uh, day that it was kind of locked up on the uh, Senate floor with, uh, with a filibuster, and uh, I actually had uh, gotten a hold of Mike Bolden over there at the uh, 10th Amendment Center. I, I asked him what, what else can be done out this way to take care of that situation. And uh, 
he said, oh, there's one thing, it's kind of a hostile maneuver, Senate Rule 84, <laughs> which is uh, means to break the filibuster by force, effectively. Um, I don't know whether they actually use it or not, but I'm pretty sure they threatened it. And it wasn't long after that the, uh, um, the filibuster just broke and it finally went to the floor for a vote. Yeah, that was actually uh, uh, pretty amazing for a, a lot of different reasons because there, there were so many stumbling blocks getting SAPA done. And to carry it on to the second to the last day of the legislative season, and then um, it literally to only to end up in a filibuster. You know, uh, there was a lot that went into actually getting this done. And once again, for all of the grassroots out there that helped get it done, thank you so much. Um, you have made us the freest of all 50 states for gun rights. There's no state that comes close to us anymore. We are number one in the nation for gun rights. And that and that's huge. And we we I had you on for 25 minutes to kind of right whenever it passed initially before Parsons signed it, and I was kind of scared a little bit because of those things. You know, anything can happen within a, gra a grace period. And you had said maybe July 4th, but then it ended up being like the 26th or something like that, late June. Yep. Which where he signed it in Lee Summit, and I and you know, uh, kudos to Parsons for signing the bill. I mean, it comes down to one person to make us the freest gun state in the United States, and he signed it, which is really cool. And that's where we're at, but. My question to you on the phone earlier was, Pat, is why isn't it getting any national recognition? Again, you have people like Tim Pool, who, and We Are Change, and even Brian from High Impact. Like, you don't hire, I don't think he talked about it. You don't hear any of those people talking about Missouri making this huge move. Why is that? Before, sorry, that's a great question. Before that, though, real quick, can we layman's terms for people what this actually means for the average, like, gun owner and stuff? Because I'm sure people don't know every federal law and every Missouri law, but just, like, a simple day-to-day -day example of what's actually changed for us. Caleb is our resident expert, so I'm going to defer to Caleb on the difference between Missouri law and federal law. Go ahead, Caleb. Well, so a uh, quick note, though, I actually did call in on High Pack Flinks uh, a few months ago, and I did talk to, I did it twice and pointed it out to him what's going on here. Um, I probably need to call in again and see if I can't get that, uh, get him to say something on it. But um as far as uh, um, what, uh, what laws apply here in Missouri, it depends on what is and is not defined in Missouri law. Um, like for example, destructive devices and um, any other weapons are not, are not uh, de uh, defined under Missouri law. So in other words, you can go ahead and stick yourself a little uh, uh, a pistol grip on your, uh, on your rifle or on your pistol or, or no, a foregrip on your pistol and they can't say anything. Um, as for destructive devices, they, Missouri law does define um, explosive weapon, but that's only if it can if it's um, something that's going to be um, fragmenting and you know causing bodily harm and whatnot. But in terms of a um, um, bores that are over 50 caliber in diameter that would have been previously destructive devices, doesn't apply. Um, Anything that is a large, gang. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Actually, howitzers and stuff; those are no longer. Uh, as long as you don't put explosive projectiles in. Now, the funny thing is that if you have, a, for example, a depleted uranium penetrator, that is a. Uh, yeah, I know this is funny too because it's, it's it's not an explosive; it's a depleted uranium penetrator reacts with steel on contact. 
So uh, you can technically have a depleted uranium uh, penetrator in a howitzer in Missouri and no test. <laughs> Well, I'm not too worried about that. I just, I just meant the in general, like, you know, conceal and carry, like I knew we were constitutional carry and all that. I just didn't know how it changed for the average person, but we can go back to Paul's thing about like why this isn't brought up, like why this isn't like, cause this is a big deal, actually a state like gaining its freedom in something. Because first off, they don't want this freedom to spread. The last thing Mm -hmm. they're going to do is actually uh, advertise what the state of Missouri has done. You know, basically, you know, if we if we stay quiet and lay low, you know, the federal government thinks if we don't bring attention to what Missouri did, then other states won't do the same thing. Other states tried to get SEPA. They all failed. Well, they got SEPA, but they got SEPA without ramifications, without consequence. So it's meaningless. I was going to say that kind of defeats the point. That's like playing poker with no money. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. So. So, uh, but what uh, I'll, I'll answer in a, in a slightly different way, Missouri will now make its own laws. As far as guns are concerned, we will not be following federal law anymore. In fact, I suspect that um, noise suppressors will be legal in 2022. I just have a weird feeling that may happen. Man, that would, that's so crazy to think about just because I've looked into that kind of stuff before. So does that mean our laws are separate then as well for stuff like short barreled rifles and stuff like that? Like the, Actually, Missouri law does define short barrel rifle, short barrel shotgun, and um, is a what's the word I'm looking for? A um, as the same. It's it's basically it's written exactly the same in federal as it is in the state law. Okay. So that still applies the same. But as soon it, it, I forget the actually I think it's um, five uh, RSMO five seventy no five seventy one dash two o. And that defines what things are considered uh, uh, NFA items in Missouri. I guess you could call them that. They're not NFA anymore because that's the same term kind of really same apply. kind of principle. But um, the only thing I have on there is machine guns. Um, um, what is that? Suppressors and uh, short barreled rifles and short barreled shotguns. Um, they don't include any other weapon or destructive device in that. They have explosive weapon, like I was saying earlier, but um, effectively. Um, it just says any of the following outside of federal law. So it's a gray zone. Technically, federal law doesn't apply here, but that law section wasn't taken out with SAPA. So it technically does. Because it's still in the state law kind of, I think the big part of it is just the fact that even, even if man, even if they were to keep a lot of the like legislature and writing like the same, it's still the fact that now it's coming directly from just our state and not on a Correct. federal level, which is and a step the way, in the right direction. We can alter our laws in the state yeah. very yeah. easily compared to trying to, do, to get that done. And I'm sorry, Caleb. I was going to say, all you have to do is those sections, you strike them out of law. You, you would write a bill that says uh, from this date onward, um, and you'd word it real spe- more specifically than that. But it, this section of law, and then it cites the law, she'll be struck out. And then it's literally uh, how they do it in the actual um, the legislatures. They'll they'll take one line with one number and they'll say, you know, they'll say write out the law specifically in there, and then they'll put a strike through on it. And all that has to do is pass through the House and the Senate and be signed off on, and it's gone. So what, and then sorry, Pat. I remember when we had talked earlier, whenever SAPA was still in, in in its progress, and you had said that I guess I guess kind of what we're talking about right now is 
as of January 1st of this year, we don't comply with federal gun regulations anymore. So any laws that were passed before January 1st, 2021, those are still in effect. And those are the... Uh, No. No, no, not anymore. Go ahead. They are not. And the reason being is and there are certain things that they put that date on there, but the, the, the law specifically says past, present, and future. Okay. So even ATF rulings regarding like bump stocks and things like that no longer apply. Wow. Missouri's, yep. Missouri's so, badass. Now, I don't recommend just... going on YouTube and spraying your bump stock everywhere because the feds can see that. <laughs> oh, yeah, but... yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, what about just for like the average person going to buy a, like a gun for the first time? Does that process change at all? No, if it doesn't. It, I'm sorry. Uh, Caleb, oh, go ahead. You're the best answer say, to this one, too. From, if you're buying from an FFL, FFL. dealer. It doesn't ma- it doesn't change because the FFL is the importer into the state. They are the um, and if you're buying from them, they're federal licensed. They have to comply not under Missouri law, but because they have federal licenses, they can get some deep shit. So they're kind of they're they're in a stuck place. But manufacturing is different. Uh, there is no requirements for a manufacturer license in the state of Missouri or a sales license in the state of Missouri. So you can <laughs> manufacture and sell whatever the hell you want, you know, as long as you want in Missouri. How many Missouri gu- residents? How many manu- are gun manufacturers are in Missouri? Are, are there any? Um, there's CMMG. Uh, they are Central Missouri Machine Gun. There's um, uh, Midwest Tactical down in Joplin. I think Smith and Wesson has a location here. Um, there's several manufacturers here in Missouri. I have a weird. I have a weird question, and it's like it's hypothetical, but also at the same time going to s- seem like specific, just because I'm trying to. Th- work my way around this process. So if I were to, you know, purchase a firearm through an FFL that like, let's say it was manufactured in Texas, it's manufactured in Texas. And then I'm buying it through an FFL here in Missouri. Can I then legally sell that firearm in Missouri to anybody that I want? Yeah. Technically, because even uh, if they, even if they couldn't buy one from an FFL. There's no there's no laws for straw purchases in Missouri. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so, and and by the way, the ramifications are so broad on this, I don't even know where to start. Um, but it, what it does mean is basically we make our own laws in the state of Missouri now. So that means, as Caleb had said before, it's it's time to get rid of some old laws that don't make sense anymore. It's time to get rid of tax stamps. Well, tax stamps are technically already gone. But if you, Johnny, want a noise suppressor and you go through all the hoops and you all the red tape and all the tax stamps, you could still get one here in the state of Missouri through an FFL. So, you know, the, this is the main problem, I think. Um, we need something like a state version of that. So we can I wouldn't get even through say that. that. I Go wouldn't ahead. even say that. That just needs to be struck out of the law here. Well, yeah, but but the FFL, you know, this is the problem. The FFL is still, you know, uh, in large here in Missouri, and they're going to follow those federal laws no matter mm-hmm. what. So how do we get the silencers? I'm sorry, the noise suppressors into Missouri without the FFLs? You have regular unlicensed manufacturers here in Missouri. Well, if they manufacture here in Missouri, that is correct. That is the only correct which, answer, which I think. Realistically, I could because see... you don't want to be giving that power to the state government either. No, no, you're right. You're I, right. I was going to say, realistically, I could kind of see that happening long term as well. Give it five to ten years or something like that, and I could see that happening. I mean, man, take a look at what happened with Colorado and weed. You know what I mean? Like to where all of a sudden now it's grown there and all this different stuff, like. 
maybe maybe that's a weird uh, analogy or metaphor or whatever you want to call it. But I could see companies literally springing up and being like, hey, Missouri is now the place to do this. Yeah. Like Missouri is now the place where we should manufacture these. It makes the most sense. Even if we're shipping mm-hmm. them somewhere else and doing it the federal way, there's still going to be more customers available in this state. Yeah. And you can, and because you, they could have, they could set it up as two companies. One that is just a general, uh, what was like a general store that they can put their under the ground suppressors over to. And then they have their FFL, which sends them off to other states. I don't even want a suppressor. I just really want to get an SBR. I just want a short barrel <laughs> rifle. Yep. Well, as it stands now in Missouri, you can turn around and uh, get yourself a uh, pistol brace on it. Pistol brace. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, then you can turn around and put yourself a foregrip on it, and it's an, any other weapon. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a Missouri thing anymore. <laughs> and they don't care if you shoulder it. Well, it's a lot of important stuff, man. I mean, this is, it's, it's all just very new to me. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't do my due diligence and learn a lot of these laws in the first place. And Caleb, you have a vast amount of knowledge on it, man. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. I keep that people like I keep you the exist. Missouri revisor on standby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. on tab in my browser. Yeah. Well, Pat, I know you got some other, I don't know if there's anything uh, more that you want to speak on, on the second amendment, but I know you got something very important that you want to you share with, uh, you know, all our viewers here on talk junkies, man, you, you got an important movement going on, man. So if you could kind of dive into that a little bit, again, if there's nothing else you guys want to talk about with the second amendment preservation act. Yeah, I think uh, we did a pretty good job of covering it and it's important for people to know we did get it. We do have the teeth and it's unique because no other state was able to get it done with teeth. We're it. And it's because of the grassroots. Well, thinking about that, one of our other cohorts, you know, his name is Jim Wendell. Um, we thought about it and we're like, how are we going to stop, you know, legislation from coming through sneakily in the state of Missouri, snipping away at the ever- edges of this new SAPA law that we have, you know, letting the Fed back in, putting the, the camel's nose in the tent. So basically, that's when the Missouri Liberty Alliance was born. That's a brand new organization that we have just started. We're growing it right now. And this is a multi-purpose organization with a huge impact, huge impact, not only for the state of Missouri, but I think for other states that follow what we're going to do, because the the broad, you know, uh, if I want to say the broad stroke of what this organization is all about is keeping Missouri constitutional. Because most of the legislation that goes through any state's legislature, or even federal for that matter, is not constitutional. There's something in there that actually takes away rights from the people. The Constitution, as you remember, Paul, is not for you and me. These are limits on the federal government. The Constitution is written for the government and to limit their powers. The Bill of Rights, that's for you and me. And what the, the, they're ignoring the Constitution and they're taking away our rights at the same time with almost every bill that goes through any legislature. Mm -hmm. So this organization is primarily gonna be protecting SEPA and making sure that none of the edges get snipped off with little pieces of legislation here and there over a period of time that can damage SEPA. Number two, hold our, uh, our, all of our representatives, our senators, even our city mayors, our county, you know, sheriffs, accountable by literally when they do something that is unconstitutional or say something that is unconstitutional, we will put them on notice on our website. We will literally put them in the oath breakers category. And then we'll visit with them and see if they want to get off the oath breakers list or if they don't care that people know that they're breaking their oath. 
So we're literally starting an organization that's going to, it doesn't matter. We're not right, left. Just stay constitutional. We don't care what, you know, what flag you want to fly. We don't care. As long as you stay constitutional, we'll have no problem with you. So that's, uh, by the way, that is a small spectrum view. The larger aspect of it is, is, is difficult to even come across um, with a one half hour uh, speech about what we're going to do with this organization. But the important thing to know is the organization is more than me. Caleb, who's here with us right now, is part of that organization. Jim Wendell, uh, Conjecture, you guys know him as Brandon, also part of the organization. It's not just me. And then basically, we're just the organizing principle for it. We're going to have memberships. You know, we're going we're to literally assemble to a point where the state of Missouri has no choice but to work with us on whatever we want them to do that is constitutional. That is what we're going to do. The only thing that is like what we're doing is in New Hampshire. It's called the Free State Project. And that is, the, but ours is very different from theirs. But just to give you a quick uh, glance and overview, the main purpose of it is to number one, keep your state 100% constitutional. And by the way, that's not an easy task. Um, that's a very difficult thing to do. But number two is from our ranks, from our membership, we hope to populate the Missouri legislature from people that actually come from this organization, respect the constitution, uh, respect the bill of rights, respect the Missouri constitution, and don't go in there to get their buddies, you know, uh, business, a whole bunch of business from the state of Missouri. Cause we see that all too often, you know, the sweetheart deals. So uh, that's kind yeah. of the broad strokes. Go ahead, Caleb. Oh, no, I was, uh, yeah, you're going over the, bro I was just, Oh, I guess. Okay, I, sorry. I, I thought I you were talking. I, 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 really no, I think he was just going ah at the like the sweetheart ah, deals. Yeah. Like ah. Okay, gotcha. So uh, this is uh, so new, so innovative, so different, so unique that I don't think the the politicians and all the people who hold public office are going to truly understand the scope of it until probably uh, summer of next year. They have no idea what. Uh, uh, you know, basically get uh, guys, I've been, I, I want to give the actual numbers. I mean, I'm trying to say things without saying them because I can't show my hand on everything, but um, an organization of 2000 people in a state is much, much more powerful than the average person thinks. Really? I'm, I'm not joking about that. An organization of just 2000 active people that make phone calls and send emails and is very, very powerful. That's all it takes to get stuff done. That's all. Uh, <clears throat> that's all I think I could really say about that. But I think that's pretty accurate. So if we, you have 10,000 people in an organization, it's a hurricane. It's not just a force anymore. It's a hurricane. And just think about it for a second. If there's 20,000 people in that organization, you pretty much just take over the state. And if those 20,000 people care about the Constitution of the United States, if they care about the Bill of Rights, and they take over the state, your state's going to get something very special in return, mm -hmm. free markets. You can bring something back the free really markets state by state. I'm sorry, Caleb, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say free markets, something that really doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's, it's time for us to, to actually walk the walk, talk the talk, and actually pretend um, you know, that the federal government doesn't exist and clean up our own backyard. 
before we start complaining about anyone else's backyard. It's time for us to res return Missouri to 100% constitutionality in everything it does, everything it says, everything it promotes, and, and literally lead the country literally from the state of Missouri and show other states how to do it. We did it with SEPA. We can do it with gold and silver too. That's something we're going to work on legislative 2022. We're gonna make gold and silver money again in the state of Missouri. And on top of that, we're gonna have a state repository so the state can actually start saving in gold and silver. That's what we're gonna do. So they can trade out bonds it's from so the beautiful. reserves. Yep. So, and so that so, sounds impossible so we, to me, by the way. So, but no, that so, sounds so impossible to me. But hold what on, you're yeah, saying. yeah. It, it, it's in, exactly in all truth. I'm like, man, you're stepping on so many toes. For so for doing anyone, that, man. It's a wonderful like, thing to step on I, that many politicians' yeah, toes. Like, but it's important shit, for me to point out right now, I am not suicidal, and neither is Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us oh, are suicidal, by oh, the way. Man, that's so. That's, hey, hang on. That's if really you guys dark and hilarious. Newsleader. If you read in the Springfield newsletter like a month from now or two months from now that I committed suicide by shooting myself in the back of the head with a shotgun twice, yeah, um, you'll know that there was foul play, right? Yeah. Pat, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have met you, man. And again, thank you to Brian from High Impact for for me to be able to find you is a very special thing it, to me, anyways. And we, if anyone who's watching this live stream right now, um, is it is new to Talk Junkies, just go through our past podcasts and kind of check them out and all that stuff. Sorry, we got something happened. I don't know what that is. Um, we got upgraded, Paul. Yeah. A gift from Zoom. Fuck off, Zoom. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll see, we've always been looking for answers, man. We're always looking for answers, and we're tired of all the, the corruption and the politics that are going on, man. And, and just, this is something. This is just that, that ground. That's just, this is just the first step that we need. And you came up with it. You and this organization and your four partners or your, or your people and your community with the Truth, Money, Freedom podcast and your Discord, not yours, but your guys' community, you guys are doing something about it, man. As opposed, I mean, we do a little bit. We talk about stuff on our podcast and trying. I've to, never called my senator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we're still trying. John! To <laughs> not even during SEPA? <laughs> oh, John. I've, I've never. Uh, at least, hey, at least Johnny? I'm honest with you. Well, like yeah, al almost, almost how we grew up is, man, we, we don't have any, even through our votes or anything, like we can't really do anything. But what you're talking about is a union of people. It's not an individual. It's like getting 2,000 people together. And, and not to say directly what you were saying, it's about the mass getting together and being able to do something. But it gets dismal for a person who, who grows up and like, man, my vote really, like, what does my vote matter? Like, what do I actually have any say? And you have this overarching federal authority that gets to decide everything for me. You know, it, you know. I think, I think we as individuals feel like we don't matter yeah, as individuals it, in the large scheme of things. And what, but what the, the ironic part about that is, is if a whole bunch of us actually, if I actually did call my senator and do what I'm supposed to do and do these things, then I'm not an individual doing it. I'm part of a group of people who is all doing that and it's for the betterment, you know? Yeah. Well, let me, let me float an interesting topic. Um, and that's, you know, basically, and, and I get credited a lot. Hey, Pat, you know, you're the guy who not only talks about it on YouTube, you actually get it done, you know, with SAPA and other things. Um, but let me let me talk a little bit about because most of my friends are anarchists, by the way, weirdly enough. I mean, I'm not joking. Uh, I'm a, I, I'm kind of a, a self-described libertarian because it's easiest way to describe, you know, way I feel politically. Um, but I'm not truly a libertarian either. But but let me tell you a little bit about this uh, gold and black thing going on here. We need each other. 
Um, we need each other. There's a reason why that's gold and black. I get it. Um, but the anarchists need the libertarians and the libertarians need the anarchists. And I'll tell you why. And we're talking about truly constitutional people. Anarchy uh, is misunderstood. Anarchists are saying we have the constitution, we have laws, you know, but we don't need a big government. In fact, we do, really don't need governments at all because if we truly had a free market, the problems within the free market take care of themselves. And that's actually true. And now we could go through the broad ramifications of that sweeping statement in another podcast because it's huge, but, um, but basically, where the nonconformists, those who are in the anarchist or, or constitutional, um, um, you know, lake, let's just say, uh, where I dip my toes in there quite a bit, actually, uh, they, they are very much appreciated. They are not conforming with whatever is unconstitutional. But then you have the libertarians that are, quote unquote, conformists from their point of view. But we're also working within the framework of legislation to actually get things reversed to return back to constitutionality, which is much closer to what the anarchists want. So actually anarchy, uh, or uh, I hate to say anarchy, volunteerist, um, constitutionalist, I mean, I, I'm not sure how to well, say there's it. The root, there's the root term of the word, which is anarchom or no rulers. No, yeah, no rulers, yep. Which is effectively what the constitution actually is. Now myself, mm -hmm. I prefer no government at all, but the way things are, you, uh, it, it, like, uh, what was his face, uh, uh, Thomas Paine, but a necessary evil in its best state, yeah, and, and its best state a necessary evil in its worst and intolerable one. Yep. Um, so, but, so at any rate, um, that's our main message here. And what was really special back in 2020 when, when I was really pushing SEPA on the YouTube channel is how many volunteerists actually started calling government officials. That made a difference. And if for any of them who may be watching this video, either on a recording or live, uh, thank you. Because actually you guys helped make the difference, the SEPA thing. We got ATF people resigning in the state of Missouri now. That's not happening in Montana where they passed SEPA. That's not happening in Arizona where they passed SEPA. That's not happening in Oklahoma where they passed SEPA because it has no teeth no teeth in those states that they're having to resign here in Missouri, otherwise face $50,000 fines. So, what, you know, so basically we got something positive done. It's it, the, it, actually, as you say, we should be on the media with this, you know, ATF people have to resign in the state of Missouri. That's kind of big news. That's huge. news. It, you know, go ahead. Oh, that's huge news. Yeah. And yet no coverage, right? <clears throat> so basically, um, with go going to gold and silver, I know that Jesse said, you know, it sounds impossible, but Jesse may be surprised to know Texas actually got it done this year. Not only did they return gold and silver to its rightful place as money in the state of Texas, they also got a repository for the state. Oh, it wasn't this year. That was a couple of years ago. Was it a couple of years ago? Oh, yeah. it was Tennessee. Tennessee that got it done yeah, this year. Tennessee got it this year. I, I get mixed up. Uh, but Texas got it done, Tennessee got it done, and I believe Utah may be the third state that got it done. No, Utah did it just before Texas. Okay. And so, well, no, Utah was the third state I was thinking of that's returned gold and silver oh, to money. yeah. Yeah, I got what you mean. So we could do it here in Missouri. And in fact, we're, we should be ashamed of ourselves for being the fourth state to do it, right? <laughs> that is if we get it done. We should have been first. You know, we should have been first in the state of Missouri because we're leading the way as far as liberty is concerned as far as freedom's concerned. 
but it's it's doable, Jesse. It's something that I think that we can do, but we need everyone's help to get it done. And what are, okay, so what you might ask now, and, and by the way, I'll quit talking here in a second. You might ask now, why is that important for the state of Missouri? Why turn gold and silver back into transactable currency in the state of Missouri? Well, how does that benefit us? Well, we're, we're losing value in the dollar. And what's going up in value is gold and silver. That is basically how you protect yourself from inflation, precious metals, assets. And let's call it a loyal title. You know, we can go into property rights. But the fact of the matter is, if we have a fallback position, okay. when the Fed decides to start hyperinflating the dollar, then we'll be in a much better position in the state of Missouri much better position when they overinflate the dollar will be better protected here our savings as a people because of you know if we have a repository here we could we can have the state of missouri trade out some of those bonds that it's holding as savings and trade them out for gold and silver so the state will begin protecting itself from hyperinflation too where the bonds aren't worth as much you know and they're not worth as much because they're printing too much currency so this is the benefit of doing it. Plus also, it lets us as Missourians stick our finger in the eye of the Federal Reserve, which is something we all have to be doing on a daily ah, basis. Let's go. I Now, man, I am such a layman whenever it comes to this, but you're not actually talking about Missouri printing its own money, obviously. No. So, but we're still using like the federal dollar bill. So how does that like change for the individual? Kind of Changes thing. for the individual because if businesses decide that they will take gold and silver as currency, you don't have to use the dollar anymore. Okay, so so it's almost inter it's interchangeable. Correct. But between you the can two. have two currencies running side by side. This is common in Europe, in Jamaica, Mexico to have two currencies running side by side. And and if you go to Jamaica, you'll see an American dollar price and a Jamaican dollar price of a product on a store shelf. You know they could do the same thing here. It's this much silver or it's this many dollars, you know, for this box of cereal, whatever. Okay. So we could do the same thing here. Um, but also keep in mind, we are used to, as a people here in the United States, literally a, 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 an inflationary currency, right? Something that's always going down in value, right? The dollar. Think of it for a second, like people who got Bitcoin, who got into Bitcoin nice and early. Think if you had a deflationary currency, something that just keeps going up in value. What that does is that encourages savings, something we don't do in the United States anymore. Why save money when your currency keeps going down in value through inflation? You know, we need to start doing the right things again. The Federal Reserve is not helping. The federal government's not helping. In fact, they are the problem. Yep. We can solve the problem in the state of Missouri by making gold and silver legal tender once again, and also telling the state, you need to start saving, not, not in bonds, but in gold and silver. And that's the purpose for the repository. That would be the teeth in the gold and silver bill. Bond, uh -huh. If I remember correctly, bonds are literally like the main source from uh, the Federal Reserve of why inflation even happens to begin with, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah, so el eliminating that would, would be, like, phenomenal. That, that whole bond exchange between the federal government or the, the federal government and the Federal Reserve, which are two completely separate, separate things. And, and why the states got away from that in the first place and how we put ourselves in a position as you think that 50 states, they're all different, but really we're all under one umbrella. And we've been under one umbrella probably, what, Pat, would you say since uh, they took the, the gold, gold off standard. The, the gold the, standard? Yeah, the gold standard away. 
So, I mean, we're finally getting back back to that, and I think that's a beautiful thing. You talk about Missouri p- potentially being the fourth state to do this. It seems like a quiet movement going on, and maybe it seems like the mainstream media and the federal government are pushing a lot of these hardcore things upon us, or at least, you know, putting it in front of us, fear and all that stuff, because they see this movement happening again. And and two things. One, it's not happening in a violent way. And the, and the second one is we're doing it in a very legal way, in the way that it should be done. There doesn't need to be a civil war or a revolution. Look at what you guys are doing with just putting people, like just putting people together and looking what can happen with that. That's powerful, man. That's huge. It's beautiful. We don't have to resort to violence. We just got to come together as people and say, we're fed the fuck up with what's going on in the United States. Let's do something about it. Pat hangs out with a few of his friends. He's got a Discord. You guys got a Discord. You create this beautiful group. And look what you guys are doing, man. This is amazing. This is groundbreaking. Like, continue to do this. So is your guys' next focus probably what we've been talking about with the the gold and silver? That's, like, what you guys' main main next focus is after SEPA. That would be one. Uh, That'll be our probably our main focus. But also, too, there's some really good really good bills that will be going through the Missouri legislature that we need to give special attention to in 2022. The first of which is literally to get rid of all gun-free zones in the state of Missouri. That will be uh, a high priority for us. Also, the ability to conceal and carry a weapon on public transportation, everything from your public buses down to your Ubers. Oh, is that a thing you Um, can't do right now? That is correct. Technically, right now, well, at least on public transportation, that is true. You can't conceal carry. In the state of Missouri, I did not. I did so, not know that. I didn't either. Like, yep. bu- you like public buses and like. Yep. So if you're bringing your shotgun on the bus, Johnny, wear a long coat. <laughs> that gotcha. won't be suspicious at all. I mean, you know? the whole thing, <laughs> I, the whole thing with conceal and carry is it's concealed. So I mean, like, how do you know? Like, well, I open carry most places, so. <laughs> I rather be. Yeah. I, I rather be alive and going through some legal trouble than dead. Yeah. 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 Rather be uh, judged by 12 than carried by six. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, with the organization and the big grassroots movement, we're basically doing something very similar to what um, it, what we're doing for legislatively. It's very similar to what's happening with the Free State Project in New Hampshire. We're simply taking over the legislature. You know, we're in, and, you know, basically for the Constitution, literally acknowledging the constitution once again acknowledging the missouri constitution and getting rid of oath breakers making sure that they cannot be a viable candidate for office anymore and equally if they hold positions of power like for instance look at Schatz uh in the missouri senate he he will you know if if we can have our way he will not be the president of the senate in for 2022 he has proven he's an oath breaker same thing is true with rowden and same thing is true with uh huff so there are, we do have problems in the Missouri legislature. This is why this organization is needed. We need to go after these folks, show everyone why they're unconstitutional, how they break their oaths. We need to go after sheriffs who do this. It's time for Missouri to clean up its own backyard in every way. Let's not complain about the federal government anymore because we already have problems here. And what they're doing over there rarely affects us. And shoot, and their gun laws don't affect us anymore. With any luck here in 2022, their beer flu laws won't affect us anymore. We came mm-hmm. really close to getting that done in fiscal 2021. Really close. We missed it. We missed well, the mark, gang. Another thing, though, is a lot of their stuff that isn't going to affect us because um, the, uh, oh, what's that called? Um, 
there was one bill that got slipped through and it bans mandating the jab on anything that is uh, uh, public transit, any political subdivision, which is any that includes school districts or anything that accepts public funds in the state of Missouri cannot mandate it. So that slipped through. You said mandate the yeah. jab. What did you say? Mandate what? Sorry. Mandate the jab. The VWS. Yeah, we have to use code words. Oh, it's I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, you too. Sorry about yeah. that, gang. Yeah. Uh, yep. So we already know YouTube is out. I'm an idiot. I was channel. like jab. I was like, what does J-A-B stand for? I'm like, what in the hell? You're getting jab, man. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. I got it now. So, Caleb, I got a question for you, man. I know a lot of this stuff. I mean, you guys talk about this, and, and you guys are doing it again. So, I mean, and you talk about these people who are oath breakers in the, in, in the Missouri uh, Senate or in the legislature or whatever, whatever it is. Um, what, how, so is it just it's up to the, us, the people, to kind of keep this movement Correct. going? And you guys just reaching out to all the Missourians and trying to continue to make this happen? Because how are we going to hold these people accountable if you have a website that only has a couple thousand people? I know you said 2,000 does a lot. But we're talking millions of dollars. If the feds get wind of this, maybe they, they, they create some pushback and you guys get more pushback. How do we deal with those types of things? And how do we truly, how, what is your, how, how are you going to use this to actually hold these people accountable? Well, there's several things we're doing. First of all, we're creating redundancies. Um, if I should, you know, get hit by a bus, be killed in an airplane crash or get hit by a bolt of lightning, there are people ready to step up and do what I'm doing. That's first and foremost. So, uh, so basically, the I, I hate to say it that way, but you know, I'm not suicidal, right? Um, what we're doing is <laughs> is a little different, and it does create a threat to the system. Like, for instance, keep in mind the whole system is corrupt to the core, and they're sweetheart deals and they're billion dollar deals. This is a lot of cash. And, and basically, when that starts getting exposed, people get a little upset. So, but but at any rate, to, to, more to the point of your question is uh, basically the people of Missouri literally will be educated. What it actually means to be a free human being, what the Constitution actually is, has nothing to do with them. It has to do with limiting the powers of the federal government. And they have overstepped that for over 100 years. It, it's time to let them know that the um, your rights that are in the Constitution are not given to you by the Constitution. They're affirmations of natural rights, rights from God. And the Founding Father said so. So whenever they create a new law that takes away natural rights that you get just for being a human being, you ignore them. Or, mm -hmm. in, you know, in our in our terms, you know, we go against them legislatively. We work within the matrix framework because reality is actually the federal government is like 99 percent unconstitutional. That's the reality. Oh, of more it. than that. <laughs> inside the matrix, inside the matrix, there's a tiny smidgen of unconstitutionality. and We can tweak that. So we're working within the legislative framework, you know, inside the matrix because people are not educated. If we can get these laws done, people say, oh, cool, there's a law saying that the federal firearm, you know, federal firearm laws no longer apply in Missouri, as opposed to them just knowing they were unconstitutional to begin with. You shouldn't be following them, which most people won't do because they're afraid of being put in prison. I was, I was going to so, say, if, if anything, this seems kind of like a. It's a long burn, like it's going to take a while. It's not it just is. like you flip a switch and everything's OK tomorrow. 
but it's a step in the right direction, not to use Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin or whoever's thing here, but like small step for man, giant leap for mankind or Missouri kind. Like we're not going to notice it tomorrow. It's a small thing for us. It doesn't change anything for us as individuals right this moment. But overall, it's a great step, a huge step in the right direction. And you're talking about educating people. It's a slow education as well. It just kind of happens naturally with laws changing and being updated or old laws being taken out and whatnot and us moving forward as a state for the people and for the Constitution. It just kind of is going to happen bit by bit gradually. Here's another thing, too. It can move faster than what you might think. Um Am I, am I, are you, can you hear me on your yeah, end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We hear okay, you I just want to make sure. Um, it can move a lot faster than you might think. Between um, the legislative and literally just organized outright disobedience, um, you got to understand that the, there's, there's a few layers to this. <clears throat> First off, if you, if you want to understand the Constitution, you need its original definitions of the words that are in it. In other words, you need to read a 1780s, 1790s dictionary, not the modern Webster's dictionary. And if you're going to do that, um, for example, regulate. People seem to think regulate among you know interstate commerce or well-regulated militia means more, more restrictions and more um, regulate. Then meant to make efficient. Not to constrict, not to control, but to make efficient. Um, you, you know, I'm just using a couple of examples for the Constitution itself. Uh, like you have um, post roads. The federal government and the courts will try to make the argument, oh, well, then that means all postal roads. No, that is not the case. Post roads were literally the roads that had posts on them through the states that you could tie your horse to at night and nap. <laughs> that is literally what post roads are. So um, if, you put it, if you put it in perspective of the um, you know, mass noncompliance, that's another, that's another layer too. Um, you have to understand their enforcement capability. If 1% of this country um, flat out said, we're not going to comply anymore with anything you're saying, they'd be powerless because that's roughly about 3.5 million people. Think about that for a second. <laughs> now, when you have a state that cuts its, um, that cuts its enforcement arm, to try to enforce that, then what do you have? Yeah. Um, there's another layer in that as well. Like, for, let me let me use Cal- Colorado. Uh, I forget who it was mentioned earlier about how Colorado, when they had their um, their marijuana thing legalization go through, the feds tried uh, once or twice to raid a dispensary. They blew their budget in doing so because they had to do all the work. Um, Without local capabilities, they can't do shit. I mean, it's just not possible. No, that's Particularly not. when you have multiple states doing it. You can only have ATF come in here and raid so many gun shows or whatever so many <laughs> times before they're like, all right, we literally can't afford to do this anymore. That's correct. That's mm-hmm. the point. And if the sheriffs, are, if the sheriffs are actually standing down and doing what they're supposed to be and doing and being like, we're not going to... We're not doing federal law like we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're county sheriffs and you know what I mean? Like we're state sheriffs, county sheriffs, whatever you want to call it. We work for the state. Then we're not helping you with this. And none of our budget goes towards it. Then they're, I mean. Well, I see where, where and, you, and where, Johnny. Where not you, a shot fired and not a shot fired, Johnny. Right. Yeah. But I you see know, what, this is the point. 
I see like where you kind of come from where it could be a slower movement. And I, I'm, I'm hoping what Caleb says is true and that it's not a slower movement and that it can happen extremely quickly. Um, how quick I'm not, you know, I, I don't know the, how quick I want it to happen, but just quicker, you know, in my lifetime type of thing, or even in a couple of years. But I mean, what are you guys, what are you guys going to do about the social media aspect? Because a lot of things are not in your favor for these types of things that we talk about. I know I kind of briefly mentioned it earlier that none of the mainstream is covering this, but when you guys are trying to push or when you're, what does it mean when you're in the legislature? Like you guys are going to be involved in these meetings or going to the state capitol and you're a, a part of what's going on, that type of thing? Exactly. Yeah. So you don't really have to. I mean, you, you put a good point on that. That's correct. And you don't have We're to gonna be deeply involved. You don't have to rely on social media to kind of spread your message in Missouri, because, again, how am I going to find out if I never knew you, Pat, and we, we never talked at all? I, and and this, again, this is my own fault, but I never would have known that SAPA was ever even a thing or that it even passed because, again, not if I did not know you. I wouldn't have known how to look for it or there wasn't any news. Well, or, I'm sure it was passed like in this Kansas City Star, but that's the good thing about it being a state thing. And it gets even better when you get smaller. I've, I've talked about the whole smaller government before with you, Paul. Yeah. And I use the house as an example. Yeah. Like, oh, you've got three people living for in sure. a house, blah, blah. Oh, you've got a thousand people living in a house. Oh, you've got 10,000 people living in a house. The smaller it gets, censorship and social media censorship becomes harder as well. It is easier for people in just Missouri or just Springfield or whatever town in Missouri to unite and do something without social media censorship. It's, it's different because you're not getting your stuff from California. You're not getting your stuff from, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, another thing about social media as well is uh, a lot of what they try to do, if they, if they censor you, they'll start out with like shadow banning and whatnot. But one of the most effective way to, ways to combat shadow banning is just to uh, the people you have on hand uh, that can print something off on their printer, can print out some information and then a QR code on it and post it up everywhere they can find it publicly. Physical postings. Yeah, basically um, just avoiding sh social media in general, which is how it should be, honestly. And that's, once again, that's easier on a smaller scale. Because people mm -hmm. are, if you go post stuff up in the town we live in, people are going to see it. There ain't no, Facebook's not, Mark Zuckerberg ain't out there right. taking down <laughs> flyers. Need an ultralight yeah. aircraft, you can drop leaflets. Yeah. Yes. Let's make it rain. But that's a good point. And by the way, we're utilizing social media heavily. If people go to our YouTube channel, which is the Missouri Liberty Alliance, basically it's very, the description section, we have a whole bunch of social media. We're just mindful. We're careful what we say on YouTube, Facebook, and uh but we are uh, literally building up towards live streaming on Odyssey where there is no more censorship. It's gone. Where we can have a free open discussion about the beer flu. Isn't that, look at that. Look, we're self-censoring now because we want to stay on YouTube. We're very careful what we say about the serum, about the beer flu, about lockdowns. We're so careful about oh, what we you say. Messed up. They're you training said us. They're tr What's that? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Okay, yeah, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> so social media is a powerful tool. Um, and unfortunately, censorship is also a powerful tool. So we're using the platforms that have the most people to draw them into platforms that has fewer people, but has more freedom. 100%, man. Which is good. Uh-huh. So, I mean, and, and I, don't, I don't think you really went into it. So what does it mean when you guys get into the legislator? Like, how does that work? I, you're just being, well, being a part of it. Yep. You uh, form relationships with politicians. And I know it's it, oh. it, when I say that, I feel like I have to take a shower, <laughs> you know, um, but 
what what I mean by that is basically um, you start talking to these guys and you find out who are the ones that you can talk to about the things that you want to accomplish. And they really want to listen to you? Absolutely. The, there's a difference here. This is different than federal. And by the way, I've worked on both sides. I've worked the federal side and I've worked the state side. Federal government, and I've not said it enough times, they really don't care about you, Paul. Roy I would have Blunt never thought that. I would have never been to right think yeah. that the yep. federal government but didn't care about me. The weird part is state representation, they live among us. They're in our neighborhoods. They're not in high towers, you know, protected <laughs> by, you know, 10 foot, 10 foot tall fences with curly barbed wire. They live among us. They know there's ramifications for pissing people off. They also understand that there's benefits to making them happy. And also, too, they're incredibly responsive to a dozen or more phone calls to their office on any one given issue. This is the key. There's a lot of code in what I just said. That's as far as I'll take it. But, um, but yes, being involved, I've had private briefings from my senator before. Private briefings, just for me. Um, that sounds, well, gosh darn it. You know, you're just Pat Holland. You're just a little old guy getting private meetings from your state senator? Yeah, but I'm not the only one. I know lots of citizens just like me, they get private briefings from their senator or from their representative. These guys are responsive, they listen. So we do have a few problems with people in our Senate and we'll deal with that. But basically it's about returning everyone to maintaining their oaths and keeping to the constitution. And mm -hmm. when you have enough grassroots backing up an organization that's pushing, pushing this, they really don't have an option. Either they get out of the office or they have to pretty much comply with what the, uh, the grassroots wants. What do you think? That's that, the way what state you, legislature works. What do you think that these, these oath breakers are going to do? You think they're going to like just bend over backwards and allow this to happen? Their supremacy has ruled for such a long time. They're going to do something to combat this, are they not? Well, look at we got SAPA gun with teeth. True, that's very uh, true. So I, you know, I I would tell you that that it doesn't take as many people as people think to move a state. It it's impossible to move the federal government unless you have money. I mean, you just got to cough up a lot of cash, and then you can get something done at the federal government. At the state, it just takes voices. So when you talk about the federal government not giving funding to our sheriffs or our police stations anymore, um, what has that kind of created in, in that landscape for, you know, the Sheriff's well, Association? In that, hasn't, and... that hasn't officially happened. Okay. They've, they've inferred. That but then you said happen. that that was unconstitutional, so it may not even happen. Y yes. Okay, well, sorry. it's unconstitutional for federal money to come to, to local yeah, law. It's unconstitutional okay. for them to it's have federal money involved in the first place. Yeah, for them to even tax us to do that in the first place. Everything yeah. about law enforcement today is unconstitutional. This is not the way law enforcement was supposed to be. So how mad are they yeah. at you, the Sheriff's Association, in local police stations? Well, I don't know about the Sheriff's Association personally, but I do happen to know that there's one or two sheriffs that aren't too happy with me right now. I bet some, man, I'd be willing to bet that there's some who are all about this, though. Yes, there are. Yes, there. you're right, Johnny. It's about 50% of our sheriffs, and I can't say how I know that number, but... I think about 50% of our sheriffs in Missouri were very happy to see SAPA. And it's because they were intelligent enough to know change was coming. Did you want Biden's change or did you want SAPA change? Those were your two options. And there's about 50% of the sheriffs said, 
shoot, I don't care about federal money anymore. I don't want Biden's change. Let's have well, Missouri take care of, you know, firearms laws from this point forward. Another thing we need to attack here in, uh, in Missouri is asset forfeiture. Yes. Um, that's a big, big thing. So the, the federal profitable sharing program, do you guys know much about that? Uh-uh. Okay, so how the federal profitable sharing program works is, um, so asset forfeiture in general um, means that they suspect you of a crime. They can confiscate whatever property up to and including your fucking house and everything else. But with federal, how it works with the profitable sharing program is they try the property as if it is the criminal with no defense, as if – and whether you get off of it or not, they still, try, they still can keep your shit. And what happens <coughs> is with the profitable sharing program that the federal government has, it's split 75-25, so 75 to the departments, 25 to the federal government. And um, effectively what that does is it pumps up the police departments with federal money to do their bidding. And on top of that, they can, they can reduce that rate to get a bunch of uh, military equipment from the federal government. How often does this happen? That, in actually goes, that goes into a little bit of what like the stuff that Gary Webb was writing about and with that and the, like the forfeiture of assets and everything for criminals that haven't been tried yet and everything. Oh, this happens everywhere all the time. This is common. And he ended up with, he committed suicide by shooting himself twice in the head. Yeah. See, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of that going around. Guys, I'm not suicidal. Neither is Caleb, by the way. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm also armed, so I'll shoot back first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you come at me, I have done nothing wrong. Uh, you, you aren't going to wind up living very long. Yeah, but the main point of this whole thing is, guys, it's, it's uh, in the talk junkies, you're in Kansas City. You know, and and Caleb is in Kansas City. I'm actually I'm in, the, in I'm in Pleasant Hill. Do you Pleasant know where Pleasant Hill is? Oh man, we're oh, real yeah. close Dude, to us, yeah, man. We're, we're in Belton. We could go out for lunch tomorrow, man. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> like shit, Thirty man. minutes away, man. I have to get my car fixed. I, I, I my fucking timing belt's broken on my car. I got to fuck with that. We need to go, man. I, I need to get some car. ammo. We need to go shooting sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I got a fucking range in my front yard. Even better, front yard. Not even backyard. Front yard. Yeah, I, I spray and pray the targets in the front yard. I mean, it's all good. So, but the point is, guys, uh, this is our main message. If we have any message, clean up your own backyard, clean it up. Don't complain about the federal government anymore because there's nothing you could do anyway. And the, and the more you complain about the federal government, the more likely you are to say, oh, shucks, that's just how the federal government works. Oh, well, our rights go away. Yeah, that's just the natural progression of things. No, it is the natural progression of, of politics for a government to actually lean towards totalitarianism over a period of time and eventually get there very quickly. It'll take, you know, literally 10% of your rights and then quickly take 90%. This is why the beer flu and the serum are so dangerous right now. Missouri is preparing for this. We are getting our rights back. We are telling the federal government, get off our land. You know, this is what we need to do. You know, as Missourians, yeah. as hillbillies and Missourians, we have to tell the federal government, get off our yeah. land, leave us alone. You know, we can, we can take care of ourselves. We don't need you. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's, that oh, actually brings another, me back to – oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say another thing that, to think about. If you want to put the, the scope of the federal government into perspective when it comes to what you do with your own property and your own life, they try to control everything. But and it, when they tried to – when they 
banned alcohol when they had alcohol prohibition, what did they do? They amended the Constitution, which means they recognized they had no authority to touch something that wasn't protected by the Constitution. The Second Amendment is a redundancy because they knew they would try eventually, somehow. They have no authority to tell you what you do in your own life, your own property, and what the hell you own, buy, sell, or exchange. They have no authority over it. We've been saying that for a while. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. Man, no, you're I, home. I appreciate you it. You just yeah. summarized it, man. You just yeah. summarized it, basically. <laughs> That's... If, they, if they can't regulate alcohol without amending the Constitution, they can't tell you what you can own, particularly when it's redundantly protected. Yep. Hey, I got another idea you guys might like, something that uh, we're toying with here at the Missouri Liberty Alliance. How about we redistrict our Senate like the U.S. government does? The House of Representatives here in the, in the state of Missouri are, are actually representative of the populations, but so is the Senate in Missouri. In the federal government, the House of Representatives is representative of the population. The Senate is representative of borders, land. Why can't we do that here in Missouri? If we do, what we can do is we can prevent a supermajority of liberal-minded senators, you know, from Kansas City and St. Louis and you know wherever, uh, from actually having a lot of say. That's beautiful. Um, so you have one so, northern Kansas City or northern Missouri, one from southern, or you go by county or however that works. I think that's yeah. That's, may, maybe add three counties together, and yeah. that's one senator. Yeah, you know, something like that. You know, how about we do something like that so we can emulate the way the federal government does it and the way the original Missouri government was. Let's go back to the Senate not representing population, but representing borders. And Mm -hmm. so that actually can prevent cities from running like California is run by two or three major cities. Yeah, they run the whole state. Los Angeles, San Diego and San Francisco. Right. They run the entire state. And part of the population vote for the president. We can prevent that from happening in Missouri as as, um, you know, Kansas City grows. Um, St. Louis is shrinking. So that's really not an issue. But Kansas City (laughs) is growing. Um, I so, I mean, that's this. something else that we could take a look at. It's very true. And it's something that a lot of people probably don't think about or why it's even that way in the first place. But, hey, let's look at it. We got this organization. We're a part of what's going on and the, you know, the or with what's going on with laws and provisions that are happening in Missouri. And let's change it. Let's do something for the better of the people, man. That's correct. Let's put the people first. Thank you. Oh. All. That that brings me right into what I was going to briefly touch on a long time ago in this podcast, like towards the beginning. But if you're a viewer out there, if you're watching or listening, and I've said this before on other podcasts, and you're, you're, you don't agree with us, you're, you're anti-gun or whatever, you're allowed to believe in your own things, this is still a good thing. Even if, you, like, even if you're not for gun rights and whatnot, this is still a good thing in the sense of you're giving your state the freedom to control itself and taking away control from the federal government. Even if you may not agree with this one little thing we're doing, that has to deal with gun rights. There's so many other things like this is a step in the right direction, just in general for generalized, like just freedom. hundred percent. The individual right. has don't... more control. Like, like you now have more. Yes. Say. You have now you, you yeah, exactly. You, you have more say. Yeah, That's the have best have way to say. put it. You're waking up and voting in two years for who's Senate or who's, you know, going to be involved in Missouri politics. You're actually going to pay attention and you're going to vote and be a part of it. And just like you said, Pat, like, I mean, boom, dude. It's getting me hyped, dude. I'm hyped. I got the chills on the phone with you today when you were t- telling me a little bit about it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and it, like I said, it doesn't, it, it, people think, oh, geez, you have to get the whole state, you know, all 7 million people on board with you before you can move the state. I'm here to tell you that ain't true. It, it takes fewer <laughs> people than most people think. Uh, because most people don't call their senator. I was going to say about 6.99 million of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. It takes a very small amount of people to move mountains in a state. I'm not talking federal government. It's very important that we define in the federal government, not, not even with everyone in the United States wanting something, does it happen? Like, for instance, I, I hate to throw out examples, but the United States did not want Obamacare. We didn't. It was the vast majority of the United States did not want Obamacare. They gave it to us anyway. The numbers don't matter there. This is what matters in Washington, D.C. Yeah. How much money was I, his website? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was $1 billion to do a website for yeah. Obamacare. That what? And that was uh, yeah. Michelle Obama's friend from college that got the contract. That didn't even work? Yeah. <laughs> I what? never heard Just that. Over- I never I knew never about heard that. that. Yeah. I thought it was $2 billion. It was I think high. it went up to two billion. The original website was one billion. I yeah. bet that site worked really, really, really poorly. It did. Yeah, it yeah, actually didn't it did. work at all. The first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it crashed almost immediately. Yeah. So, so at any rate, um, uh, so I guess uh, you know, with with Caleb here and with I here, I mean, we're two two people that are they're starting up an organization that's actually going to change the face of Missouri. It's going to return us to 100% constitutionality. It's We're going to clean up our own backyard. We're going to get rid of corruption. We're going to do all that in the state of Missouri. We really hope if you're watching this from another state at some point in time, it doesn't matter what state, you guys could do the same thing. Freedom doesn't belong just to Missourians. It belongs to Montanians or Montanas, Montanites, whatever you guys call yourself. <laughs> it belongs to people in California. Californians. It belongs to people. Yeah, Californians. It belongs to, to everybody, but you got to step up. You have to step up. The freedom, by the way, the natural default of government is to take away your rights, to take away your freedoms. You just have to stand up. You just have to stand up. And don't be afraid to be the first one to stand up. I'm still alive, gang, and we got SEPA through. You know, I'm not the only one. Ron Calzone, Aaron Dorr, uh, you know, uh, Eric Burleson, Jared Taylor. There's a lot of fine folks that pushed SAPA through and got it done, Caleb included. Um, but at the same time, there had to be people to stand up and there weren't a whole lot of public faces standing up for SAPA. Let me just say it that way. But there were a lot of people willing to follow the people that stood up. So if that's what it takes in your state, do it. Be yeah. the one that stands up, start the movement. In fact, it's not a movement. This needs to be a revolution, a bloodless revolution. Boom. You, you guys, these are our rights. These are our rights. The government can't take them. We get them by being born. Just by mm-hmm. being born, you automatically have, this is natural law, God's law. Give it a name. And the federal government wants to take away your guns. They want to lock you up in your home because of some beer flu. They want to force you to, you know, take something in your arm that you don't want because, you know, they say you have to. Uh, you can't have a job unless you get that job. This stuff, this doesn't belong in America. We're going to have to take it back state by state until the federal government's powerless because no one, no one will observe their laws. This is how you do it. This is what we call anti-commandeering doctrine. We simply restrict the federal government's ability to use our resources to enforce their unconstitutional laws. 
That's how you do imagine it. How much of like a, it. Imagine how much of a better place that'll be when our military budget isn't consuming half of all of our tax money. Yeah. That would be, it's going to be a beautiful place. And this is a start, Pat, just exactly like you said, man. I watch so many, uh, so much dismal YouTube. I've created my own echo chamber and just with everything going on in today's world. Um, and it, it, again, it's very dismal. Man, and, I've seen Talk Junkies recommended videos when I log on there to like upload a thumbnail or whatever. You got some weird shit on there, bro. I don't, I don't watch my shit on Talk Junkies, bro. <laughs> well, I watch it on my other, on my other <laughs> account. But anyways, like you watch all these massive channels with millions of subscribers and they're, and they don't have solutions like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, there's there's very little money, right? In in creating solutions. Trust me, <laughs> I'm <I> mean, there. <laughs> God, there's no man. money in it. That's the problem, isn't it? And it, it should never... doesn't make any sense because you would think that it would be the opposite, right? You would think in you a free market it would be the opposite. By the way, yeah. you don't have free markets. Mm -hmm. We're in the Matrix, gang. I mean, my 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 brothers and sisters out there that count themselves as constitutionalists, anarchists, I get it. They give me a hard time all the time. I'm doing it wrong. Nonconformity is the way to go. Well, nonconformity, we need that. But we also need people working within the matrix framework. You need, you need both. So the you perception, need to... go ahead. No, no, I'm I'm just, sorry, I didn't mean to cut. I'm just agreeing with you. You need both. You need yep. the nonconformity, but also you need to be realistic. You have to work within what is available to you to the right. best of your ability. And also, well, also have the nonconformity. It's easier to get a law passed in Missouri than it is to re-educate everyone in Missouri that those laws that we're following right now are unconstitutional to begin with. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I mean, for me to tell you guys, hey, listen, everyone in Missouri, stop paying your taxes because it's unconstitutional. Will they do it? No. They'll keep paying until, the, you know, because they're in fear of going to prison, right? But if we pass a law that says you don't have to pay taxes anymore, you got it. So... My my volunteers friends out there, trust me, I understand where you're coming from, and you're right. All of you are right. All of you guys that are very critical of me, you're right. But I'm working in a different way to take us back into the reality that you that you so rightly say we have. That's what I'm doing. We just do it in a different way. I'm doing it through legislation. You guys do it through nonconformity. So, but we're all working towards the same goal. So we all work together and we need the nonconformists and the nonconformists. Hopefully you guys see that you need the libertarians. So well, we all work together on this. And by the way, left, right paradigm, my goodness. Uh, I am so grateful that in 2004, I was able to break out of that. Um, but I will say this, that the progression towards tyranny isn't relegated to Democrats. Republicans are doing it too. Oh yeah. So keep, and I'm talking on a federal level. I'm not talking 100%, 100%. So for those of you who still think, you know, Trump is better than Biden, they're all taking you to totalitarianism. They yep. just do it at different speeds. Mm -hmm. They just, well, some of yeah. them are I faster. Even, different I speeds, different methods. Different speeds. I would say just different tactics. Yep. Different tactics, <sighs> different speeds. I would, in fact, I would argue that, uh, you know, as, as bad as Biden is, um, you know, I would say he stirred up the rebellion in people in the right places. If you catch my drift, um, people that see, you know, because it, it, although, you know, Trump was, was pretty much a tyrant at the same time. He, uh, between the, all the spending and the bump stocks and arbitrary ruling Red and flag. things like that, um, you know, Biden's doing exactly the same thing, but the people that were 
silent and um, uh, quelled with Trump around are rising up right now. And that's where I give – it's not really giving Biden any credit. It's about giving, uh, you know, the change of, of you know, having an, you know more visibly tyrannical individual in the federal government that stirs the rebellion. Yeah, whoever the scriptwriter is for Biden, you're right. <laughs> He's doing something. Yeah, what, what, whoever Hello. is that's pulling the little puppet string. Yeah, because he like, like it is with all of them. Yeah, since we're live, real quick, guys, I'd like to read off some of the comments, if you don't mind. Not yeah. at all. We're getting uh, close to Casey the Rich, thirteen, who also lives in Kansas City, by the way, and a very good friend to the Missouri Liberty Alliance, and in fact, you know, a real good friend, said, uh, "If you could send emails, make phone calls, and go to your state once in a while." you've got more lobbying power than you can imagine. One person mm -hmm. has a lot of lobbying power. The thing is, is no one knows that. They think their voice doesn't matter. At the state level, it actually does. So uh, thank you for that, Casey Rich. Matt Perry has put in there a couple of times that, uh, you know, Caleb picking at his, his beard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I do that. I, I, <laughs> it's 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 just a it's a it's a habit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Okay, Freedom Inc. put a lot of stuff in here too, but it, he's uh, one of the guys very critical of me for what I'm doing. He's uh, he's in the nonconformist category, so he's put a lot of stuff in, basically saying, you know, well, you guys can read it. Uh, so I guess that covers yeah. pretty much the main stuff in there. Oh, Matt Perry. That sounds familiar. Is that the guy that was trolling the other day? I don't know Matt Perry. Yeah, he, we've had some guys in here trolling that just make uh, uh, rather argumentative, unproductive personal remarks. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, the usual. Crew. Do you imagine having that job? Like they they don't want you get, like you guys that much to where they're just trolling your videos. Like they're wasting their own time. <laughs> they're wasting their own time at that point. More power. Google too. already took us down, Paul. I know you told me that on the phone, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it, right. it was probably one of the guys that turned around and started reporting shit just for fun. The yeah, so the, uh, Google Google and YouTube apparently are not fans of the Missouri Liberty Alliance, which is a shame. I think we're a pretty good organization. I think if they took the time to get to know us and had a beer with us, I think they'd like us. They're a dying company, man. People are going to eventually realize that they're not going to work anymore. Now, you may not agree with that. Or, I don't. I 100% yeah. disagree. Yeah. I, I hate. I, I may hate them as a company. Sure. No, no. But... People are going to wake up, man. I mean, you got the, the guy coming out with the Freedom Phone, which I think is amazing. I don't know too much about it. But the Freedom Phone that has nothing to do with Google or, or Apple or anything like that, it's just a phone that's about freedom. Just small things like that. Again, I think it's a silent movement, and it is happening, man. And it's a nonviolent uh, type of thing. And we can we can win, man, and we can come out on top and get our individual liberties you back. DuckDuckGo does the same thing for search engines, and it's failing more now. It's losing more money now than it was when it first started. I'm sure Google lost money at some point, and they probably lose money all the time. But they're still there. DuckDuckGo is still there. It's still applicable. A applicable. I just I sorry. This it. is the negative Nancy part of me. That's like, I I just don't. Man, people are so, and myself included. I'm included in this, by the way. We're so comfortable. We're we're like so comfortable with just like, give me my Amazon, give me my Prime, give me my two day shipping, give me my Netflix, give me my YouTube, all this stuff that makes my life convenient and easy. Give it all to me. And I'll give away all my information for free and everything about me for free. We all do. And it sucks. Like, Tell I've got to vote. Tell me how to vote. Yeah. Like, we've you know? done it all, like, subconsciously. We don't even realize it. And it's just, 
I, like I said, this is just the negative part of me coming out being like, cause I honestly, I want you to be right. I want me to be wrong and I want you to be right. For That's sure. the truth. But I think that they're pushing. Johnny, you're too young to be a cynic. You're, yeah. you're just too young. I've been a cynic my whole life, bro. <laughs> they're, they're pushing the envelope. Right. They truly are. They're... I got a, I got a remark here. I'm going to say both of you are right. And the reason being is because yes, Google will start losing its people. It will start lo- and it will start declining in that way. But the guy over here in a KC hat is right in another regard that they won't collapse. And the reason being is because they're tied in with Alphabet Inc., which is both China and U.S. company, and they will continue to get subsidies to stay alive for the tracking regime, which they want to. And CIA money. They got that CIA money, too. But not Uh from Missouri. They're not getting tax money from Missouri anymore if we stop, you know, we get more involved like you guys are doing. No, you're right. Bit by bit, I hope we move in the right direction. That's why I said Uh I want you to be right. I want to be wrong. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on, John. We can't hope. We got to actually make it happen, dude. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Just so you know. Yeah. Well, we're at the, you know, we're a little bit over the hour, Pat. I don't know if you guys have any more that you want to get, go over or you're on any time constraints or anything like that. I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, basically, I think uh, basically we could leave it open for a little bit, 10 minutes uh, for some general discussion. If you guys had some questions on what the Missouri Liberty Alliance is all about, what we're trying to accomplish, now would be a good time. Uh, let's get some exposure to this organization. Let's grow our numbers before we go into the 2022 legislative season. Uh, I will say that it looks like Matt Perry is trying to be an attention whore. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that guy from Friends? Sorry, I had to correct that joke. Matt, <laughs> the, the, he's an actor from Friends. Sorry, I was... Yeah. My bad. That was a horrible joke. I had to... That's what I'm known for. Really shitty jokes. My bad. Did you have something? You looked like you were about <laughs> no, to say no, something. No, I, I, actually, I actually did have, have a question. So what happens if somebody has a felony and is... Uh, through the federal government, not allowed to own a gun. Does that change in Missouri? To simplify that the best way that I can. It depends on what they're. Well, it, technically, no. If they're already a felon, the answer is no. Now, um, have, yeah, the answer is no on that. There's also a lot of things that um, uh, they can't. Uh, uh, now that they can't take your guns for in Missouri, that would otherwise be federal law. Uh, one of which is. In order for, let's put in perspective, in order for um, you to get a big enough offense in Missouri, um, or at least for them to start complying with federal things, you would have to, you would literally have to be a drug trafficker. Literally, that's the extent. Um, Outside of that, um, there's no misdemeanors in Missouri that you could get your guns taken away from you for. Um, There's no, um, uh, once again, a felony is still a felony. Um, on the, some of that stuff that needs to be removed on the well, federal right. le- federal level, right? Felony, not state. Is there a difference? Well, well felony s- is literally federal. No. Felony is okay. federal, is level. right? But I'm sure the state has things written in also to where a that's something that they kind of yeah. have the same language on. Yeah, exactly. Well, technically, but technically also there are, there are ways to like there are processes you can go through. Like there's processes that people can go through that cost money, unfortunately. To where after a certain amount of time that they can't get rid of like the felony, but they can they can own guns again. There are there are felons in Missouri that own guns legally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there is an expungement process you can do. Uh, I'm gonna have to dig more into exactly how that works. Um, in terms what about of, background checks, Caleb? Uh, once again, that's only something that applies if it's. Um, 
FFL? Yeah, FFL. Okay, so that's that's something that's never that, that hasn't been a thing here for a long time. You don't need a background check for anything. Yep. It, oh, but if you go through an FFL, they will put you through a background check. Yes. Yeah, because they are still federally licensed. What are the main companies that are, that would use an FFL, like uh, Academy or no, Dick's all your gun dealers? Oh, yeah. everything. Every, I, I, I bought from a guy. Dealer. I bought from a guy here in town who is technically he has his FFL. So in order to sell guns, you have to have an FFL. No. 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 You can do. You can sell whatever you want, whenever you want, however, under Missouri law. Um, it's just if you have that federal license to to import into the state and sell guns or just to sell guns you know, that you complied with the feds already, um, they got your number. So if you sell something and, and uh, to put it in perspective, how it actually works, have you ever met you ever? Yeah, I mean, you know what a four, four, seven, three looks like, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the background check, you know, uh, a piece of paper. Well, they have to mm-hmm. keep those on hand for 25 years. Not only that, do they, but they also have to have a logbook, and the ATF regularly shows up at these places and checks the logbooks. And what would happen is, although legally in Missouri they 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 can sell you one without um, you know background check, if the feds walk in there and they say, "Huh, there's a gun. I don't see a four four seven three. Where is it?" You know, they, then they get in deep shit. But now that's not the case. It, no, it no, is still is, for, it is, is still is for FFLs. Because they, are, they already have the federal license. They have complied with the feds, and the feds have come to look into their paperwork. Paul, it also it, it depends how you purchase it. So, like, for example, you could go to a gun show right now and buy from someone who is not an FFL, and you could purchase that firearm. I purchased mine, the, my most recent one I purchased online from a website. That website ships it to my FFL here in town, who I then go and get it from. So I've paid the website, and then I pay my FFL a fee that's like $20 or $30 or whatever and get it from him. But the whole reason that it had to go through him is because that website legally had to ship it to an FFL. Right. That's where mm-hmm. if I had just went to a gun show and done private purchase, I can do that. Right, I got you. Yeah, you can also manufacture and sell in Missouri without... You know, and now I don't want to keep the feds catching on to you because they can still do some things. But if you do it, if enough people are doing it in large enough numbers, they're powerless. Once again, right. that's another layer the the mm-hmm. non-compliance with um, the other. The feds can still try to do things, but well, technically they can still come into the state with their with their thugs. They technically can, but yeah, they just can't get any help from Missouri law enforcement. Right. So they're much, much less likely to do so. They also can't get any help from Missouri judges to issue warrants. Correct. That's huge. But then they could take you to yeah. a federal prison. I mean, well, they, they just have to get a federal warrant, which is just harder to get, but they could still get it. Yeah, and they have yeah. to have enough evidence. Less likely that they're going to – yeah, I was going to say, less likely they're going to do it for an individual like yourself. What I'm saying is, like, if, if this stuff starts catching wind, the federal government's going to try and make an example of somebody. To say, hey, you yeah. guys should probably stop doing it, this. They did that in Kansas, but it didn't wipe out the law. Um, effectively, what effectively they there was one guy that had a suppressor that went over state lines, and they made an example out of him. But he recently actually just got out of jail, like, and he's not marked with anything. So, okay. Um, but you know, there was that case in the one that was in Kansas with their SAPA that was one of the early ones, and it was kind of it wasn't real well worded. But um, it's still um, – um, now, people seem to think that their SEPA isn't there anymore. 
That's not the case. Um, it was only one guy with a suppressor that went over state law or state lines and the, the, the actual documentation on the case specifically states that it only applied to that one situation. So it's still technically in effect over there. Now what they're getting plenty of federal money and there's no uh, consequences for cops that comply. And then they've got a, a tyrant for a governor over there. So good luck with uh, actually, I didn't know that Kansas had a SEPA. Yeah. Yeah. They, did. In, they, they got one in 2011. Wow. But it's half ass. Right. No it, teeth. It, like you yeah, said, it, there's federal no law teeth. still enforced. Yep. So uh, I think the message here, I mean, going back to SEPA, and where a lot of people say, gosh darn it, I didn't even know what it, it was. It's an option. It's called literally anti-commandeering doctrine. It, it ties into the 10th Amendment, James Madison. <clears throat> and what it says basically is you can literally, the, the federal government cannot force a state to use its resources, the state's resources, to enforce a federal statute, law, regulation, whatever. And that's what we use to get SEPA done. The very same thing they use to get uh, marijuana legalized in states because the federal government still says marijuana is illegal. Yeah, they can, can still go, go in there. They can still second. go in there and do stuff. It's just not Re worth their Reza time anymore. Nunn here keeps, uh, I was gonna say, Reza Nunn here keeps saying SFL state fire. No, no state firearms licenses. Well, all that does, um, God damn it, it, it this this douchebag over here, Mike Perry. Uh, let's see here, uh, state firearms licenses. Um, no, we don't need those here. Uh, because that, that's not going to change whether or not you can bring firearms into the state. All that's going to do is subject someone as a target. And not only does that hand more power to the state that you don't want them having, but it also, um, let's see here. Um, um, I just put Matt Perry in a timeout here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, I, I remember that guy. He was the one that was in here trolling uh, when we were still trying to, when was, when was that? Uh, if, he, if, so. if that's that the case, don't, anyway. if that's the case, don't give him more time than he deserves. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Like, don't yeah, even worry about it. Yeah. We're done with, with talking about him. Go ahead yeah. with what you were uh, saying there. Here. Uh, the SFL though, you don't want to be given the state that power. Second off, you don't want to have a documentation of different businesses and what they buy and sell in the state. Um, because that just gives a target to the federal government. Yeah. You're just giving the federal more reason to go after someone. Yeah, they're, they're saying, oh, well, these places are SFLs and they're not complying with our federal firearms licenses. So, no, it needs to be just purely um, um, free market, non non-compliance. Yeah, it's just people just buy, you know, selling, manufacturing, whatever. And a bunch of people need to start doing it quickly all at once. Yes. Uh, I don't so basically, that's it, guys. I mean, uh, the when I said the volunteerists, the anarchists, you know, the constitutionalists, whatever you say, non-compliance. Well, that's essentially what we're doing on a state level with federal gun laws. We're not complying, mm -hmm. and we've made it legal to do so using the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution, which is for us. Remember now, the Constitution's not for us. That's limits on federal government. The first ten amendments are for us. And so we're using the 10th Amendment, which is for us to limit federal power, as the Constitution says we can do. Yes, yeah. States' rights, oh. anti-commandeering doctrine, non-compliance, non-conformity. Mm -hmm. do, do you guys happen to know how far back uh, anti-commandeering stretches? I'm sure it's happened throughout the, throughout the history of the United States, yeah. But it just hasn't yeah, really been yeah. prevalent. It, first time it happened would have been against the Alien and Sedition Acts, and that was by Kentucky and Virginia. 
Uh, you know, the, you ever heard of Kentucky and Virginia resolutions of 1798? I haven't. Okay, so that was, you ought to look into those and read them. They're interesting. It was uh, Thomas Jefferson, and if you flat out said the proper, the rightful remedy is a nullification of the act. In other words, a nullification by the states. And then again in uh, 18, uh, late 1850s, right? Yeah, late 1850s, uh, 1860, um, the northern states uh, used the anti-commandeering doctrine to blockade the Fugitive Slave Act by the federal government. Um, then it was used again also uh, pretty extensively by a couple of states, even blockading the um, uh, alcohol prohibition. Um, and then there's a couple other instances there, but then it's been used a lot recently between marijuana prohibition, uh, uh, you know, blockading that. Um, when it comes to immigration, yeah, they've gotten rid of that. Um, by the way, a lot of people don't know the difference between immigration and naturalization. Federal government has power over naturalization, not immigration. It's actually the very states, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a very specific difference between the two terms. Well, they also, they also, did they not use it whenever I've, I've Pretty sure they tried to enact the Federal Reserve like three or four times way back in like the 17 mm -hmm. and 1800s. Did they use that type of the, the Commandeer Act for that? Or was it just, hey, fuck you, no, you're, that, not, you're not coming in here. We're just burning the bank down. Burning. Uh, the bank. I know they had an original national bank shortly after the turn of the 1800, at the turn of 1800. I think there was like three separate times where they had it and they got burnt down like three separate times because people realized what was going on. They're like, no, I'm not okay with <laughs> no. this. But, now there were they had there were two other times that it was tried and it failed, and then then there was the Federal Reserve and then it started to fail and then they took the gold and started uh, printing money with it. So all that jazz. Well, yeah. Pat, we got a lot of information in there, man. I know we're at like close to an hour thirty, man. I just I don't want to go too long because there's a lot of good information in here, and I just you know you know how people can be with how long videos are. So I kind of sure. Leave it right there, my man. is is a beautiful podcast. Um, I don't know if you, Johnny or Jesse, have any lasting comments about uh, tonight. No, I had my I had my last question. No, I'm good. I'm solid. Cool, Pat or Caleb. I mean, uh, before I do, uh, before I actually end, you know, obviously, do you guys have your website up? Are you working on one? Where can yep. people find you? I know you're on a lot of different platforms. Yep, uh, it's uh, basically our website is MissouriLibertyAlliance.com. Now it's not finished. We put it up hurriedly with a template because YouTube and Google took down our YouTube channel. We got it back up and we finally got our videos undeleted from YouTube. Uh, actually, we didn't do it. They did it. They still haven't explained to us why they did it in the first place, by the way. They did inform us they were doing it, but they wouldn't tell us why. Um, so MissouriLibertyAlliance.com is the website. Uh, we're on Discord, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, we're on BitChute, we're on Odyssey, we're on DLive, we're everywhere. So just remember Missouri Liberty Alliance. And basically, as we actually put together the framework of this organization, we should be ready to rock and roll 2022 when the legislative season begins and actually start making a little bit of noise. And uh, you guys will know it when it happens. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, Is Michelle Obama's uh, college friend? designing the website <laughs> no no actually that, that well she quote she quoted 1.1 billion but we got a guy that quoted it for 500 million okay, so well, I mean, we obviously then. went with him yeah. it'll be better you know? it'll be better yeah <laughs> so but uh guys my main message is here is we're making a difference in missouri we've proven that with sepa we're going to continue doing that on every measure we're going to make missouri the best freest state of all 50 states of the United States with the most liberties. Right now we're number five. 
We are number five in the United States. SEPA did a lot to help us. There is absolutely no reason why we can't be number one. Who is and number one? Relatively quickly. What's that? Who is number one? As far uh, as freedoms go. Number one might be uh, Florida or New Hampshire. All right. Is, isn't New Hampshire's state motto, uh, give Fuck me you. freedom or give me death? <laughs> There's something along those lines. Isn't it like live free or die? Or yeah, no, like? that, that's what it is. Live free or die. That's New Hampshire, right? Yeah, live free or die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. There you go. That's a perfect way to end it, man. <laughs> Guys, thank you, you for having us on. There? <laughs> Guys, um, thank you so much for having us back. We love you guys. One of these days, uh, Caleb and I, would probably love to come by your studio and do a video with you guys in person, if you don't mind. Not at all, man. That would be great. I was going to say, that's up to Pablo, but I, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm on board, man. You just give me a week in advance so I can get, I need, I would have to buy one more mic, but I would make it happen. Also, Paul got okay. ha- like half a chub right there because you said studio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not basement. There, there would, that would be a first. Because we never had a guest in, like a true guest in our in downstairs. We haven't, we haven't brought a guest over here, other than no. like close friends. Yeah, exactly. Then your very first guest needs to be the Missouri Liberty Alliance. Yes, it does, hundred yep. percent. That would be insane, man. And give him, give him. I don't know. I I need to get one of y'all's numbers, and we. Uh, you're so close by, man. Uh, I wasn't joking shooting, about the going shooting, man. That was a like yeah, a legitimate. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm dead Neither serious. Neither was Caleb. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I got I, I got some Tannerite, man. <laughs> I got binary explosives. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we're not just shooting. We're gonna blow <laughs> stuff up. I almost said the S word. Wow, that was close, guys. That was a close call. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get. I'm a bad out. influence on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Guys, thanks again for having us on. Thank you for supporting our work through SEPA. Thank you for recognizing uh, the work that we were doing during the process. The Talk Junkies, you guys are awesome. We love you. We love you Appreciate guys too, it. man. Appreciate you and your community, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you here shortly. You bet. You take care, gang, and thanks again for having us. I look forward to the next visit. All righty. Y'all have a good night. Thank you, guys. You too. God bless you. Bless. Cheers. Okay, we are off the air. Uh, we'll get uh, one second, though. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Pat from Truth, Money, Freedom. Uh, well, the Missouri Liberty Alliance with Caleb as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on Talk Junkies. What a great show. A lot of uh, in, uh, important information to go out there to a lot of Missourians. So hopefully this message gets reached to as many people as possible. I don't know yeah. if you guys have any lasting thoughts. What do we got? Let them know what we got coming up next week, or is it a couple weeks from now? A couple weeks from now, we have. Uh, I haven't confirmed it yet, but I mean, he did say he would. It just would be a couple weeks. He's he was in the process of. I don't know if he's doing a documentary or movie, but his name's Randy Walsh. He's written a book about um, the Apollo moon landing conspiracies and shit like that. Um, he's an author. He's in the middle of writing a second book. Um, he might actually be joining the show here in two to three weeks. We got Brian Forster coming on again in, a, in another month because he was a little bit busy. He was supposed to come on last week. I actually did uh, get Brian's book over there, one of his books. I actually put it there on top. I didn't know he was an author, so it's pretty cool. He's written quite a few books, but finally got Brian's book up there. Um, he'll be on in a month. And, uh, again, still getting a lot of cold emails, so just trying hard and keep going. All right. Yeah. Rock on. Well, uh, the best thing you can do for Talk Junkies is hit that like button, hit the subscribe button to all our junkies out there. Stay flying and ring the bell.